Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. This week, a very special Free Range Idiocy. This episode, we want to take some time from our normal snarky shenanigans and share from our hearts about a very important topic that's near and dear to our... <laughs> oh, good Lord. No, no, sorry. I couldn't do it. I, I just couldn't hold it together. Uh, our apologies. Sorry, not sorry. But this episode is going to be just as idiotic as all our others. And in fact, might even set a new level for idiotic shenanigans with a heaping side order of tomfoolery. But since it's our 100th episode, we're going to make like Tony Stark when he thinks he only has days to live. We're going to do whatever we want to do within the constraints of our non-billionaire playboy philanthropist budget. In this, our 100th episode super extravaganza soiree special, I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who is legally barred from opening a steakhouse within the Chicago city limits due to a non-compete agreement with his steak dealer. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and somehow still wants to record a podcast with me. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you? You know, for a hundred episodes of this, I'm doing pretty damn good. How about you, sir? <laughs> doing well. We made it, sir. We made it. I know. Between your health scares and my uh, just natural innate ability to get myself into trouble and do unhealthy things like eating approximately 100 pounds of gummy bears per per month, oh, good I'm really shocked that either of us is still breathing. <laughs> quite honestly indeed in in order to do this so congratulations to that on uh to that for you on that sir and to you sir as well yes and you know what i'll i'll tip back a seltzer to that one ah very nice very nice ah uh, yes so this is our 100th episode my good freaking goodness we did it did you did you ever think that that we would have gotten this far on this and 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 still been alive and or married I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I have to admit there was a part of me that was a little uh, concerned as we got to the end of our first run through of BSG. And I'm thinking, what are we going to talk about <laughs> after that? Because that was such like a tentpole of what we were doing at the time. And uh, uh, and and as I was surveying our episodes uh, yesterday and collecting my thoughts for today's show uh i had to say i i just kind of looked at it and i said my god we uh a couple of creative yahoos we are well yahoos definitely uh creative is debatable uh, I, I i do want to clarify something I, I said a moment ago when i say married not to each other uh, dear listeners we uh, we we each have wives which is probably even more surprising to people the fact that <laughs> Both of us have found human beings that are like, sure, I'll spend all my time with him. And, you know, quite honestly, if you want to feel sorry for them, 
you are fully entitled and and we do as well and we're the ones who are inflicting all of this mental anguish on them so <laughs> um but i just i just wanted to clear that up I, I just wanted to make sure everybody kind of understood the lay of the land especially anyone who happens to be coming into this right at episode 100 going ah sure let's check out these two chuckleheads mm-hmm. welcome yes and indeed. it doesn't get any better than this so just just understand like the bar is low and it keeps getting lower. Indeed. So you have that going for you. So welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Free Range ADC congregation. Well, uh, in, in lieu of our uh, normal segment, Week in Geek, uh, the man they call Tim has decided that we need to we need to give a little background. We need to take a few moments, a few organize our thoughts around a couple beats, this, couple beats, this entire concept of us having over now 100 podcasts. Uh, you know, uh, well, 100 podcasts online with mm-hmm. with a couple that are in the vault that you know will never be released <laughs> but a couple that are that are just like yeah we're just gonna forget that ever happened or, or um, who can forget the one we had to accidentally uh uh just kind of re-record because of because uh, we had oh, little technical yes. issues and whatnot <laughs> The the Legends uh, um, episode yes. of Star Wars. Yes. Oh my gosh! Thank God that Jimmy Dice is such a such a good sport. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Yes, oh indeed. man! But anyways, so uh, Tim, uh, you want to lead us through this whole situation here that you got because you want to. You're you're a, you're much more of a sentimental guy than I am. Thank you, sir. So you, you just you lead us through this one, sir. All right. Yes. Uh and and uh, folks, let's also acknowledge as well uh the the giddiness of of Uncle Todd because uh we are not doing the Star Wars Red 5 for another yet another week. And so he Oh, I'm I'm killing that thing off. Like it's been it's been old yellow. <laughs> Tim doesn't know. Uh, you will see, sir. You will see. Oh no, that book is gonna is gonna disappear from your home. I've uh, already got it worked out. I've got a plan. Oh I've boy. got a plan. He's got a plan, ladies and gentlemen. So did the silence. <laughs> I mean, we all know how that turned out. So it's it's not a good plan. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's 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 a it's worse than anything Wiley e. Coyote ever cooked up. But I will I will make that segment go away. <laughs> Ah, well, having said that, let's jump back in time to how this whole thing started. A couple of yahoos talking every once in a while, mostly around the time that uh, Thomas Brady was winning Super Bowls for the New England Patriots. Did you say Thomas Brady? Yes, I did. Okay, that's that's an interesting way to go, but proceed. I I was trying to sound you know, academic and, and professorial, if you will. Okay. I thought you were going to go with, with like Thomas, but you just kind of went with Tom's like the, there's more than one Tom Brady. Oh no, I said Thomas. Oh, maybe it didn't come through very well. Sorry. Oh, okay. I said Thomas Brady. My hearing is shot apparently. Well, after a hundred episodes, folks, (laughs) we, we we finally did it. I'm like a motorhead roadie. No <laughs> hearing and what? hooked on like speed. I don't know. <laughs> Talking to my good ear. All right. Uh, <laughs> but yes, this this was born of, of conversation that would happen once in a great while uh, between myself and Uncle Todd. Uh, to the to the tune of uh, I I, I want to say wasn't it their last Super Bowl victory where we started saying hey we should try to you know do a podcast or something right 
I believe it was. It was. It was shortly thereafter. Yes. So, so we we had talked about it. Uh, I I was a a bit uh, hesitant because uh, I didn't know the time commitment that Uncle Todd was asking of me. I wasn't sure if I could support such an endeavor. But uh, we we have we have found a way to uh, to support it, to do it, and to and, and to keep it simple and uh, loose, flexible, and free. Yes, and, and basically, I do all the work, and Tim lends his star power. So that's that's how Tim manages to keep his to keep this thing going. He's like, yeah, this is easy. Well, I I will say, if I was ever asked to do any sort of production uh, tasks uh, that that one Uncle Todd performs, uh, I would be woefully woefully uh, underskilled, and and there just wouldn't be an episode that week. So. Oh no! If you, it, it would only take you about ten or fifteen minutes. You're a smart fella. I just like to grumble. That's I all know, it is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but when we started off, well, let's just say it takes a little bit to find your groove. Yeah. And yes, we uh, we we started in in and it was funny. I actually listened to a little bit of our first episode yesterday. Oh no, you did. Oh, I did. Oh gosh. Oh my goodness. Uh I think we've used the term uh NPR-esque uh, in in the past uh, if there is such I, a term. I, I prefer heavily medicated. It, <laughs> it sounded like both of us had Thorazine right to the moon. It's like hello. Uh welcome to the Free Range Idiocy show. Uh we would like to uh <laughs> dive right into our content. The best and worst of fans. Why are fans great? No, sorry, I won't do the whole thing. But anyways, yeah, please, please was, don't reenact. I it. was uh, just just kind of giggling. It it was kind of funny to listen to, and especially now that you know, do like like the introduction that you do now, sir, sounds like you know you you've got about you know five cups of coffee in you. So it was compared <laughs> to that, it was pretty funny. Which is nor which is actually much closer to my normal self. That is, I don't know what is. we were doing that time. We were we were under some illusion that we had to be professional. Professional. And then we realized there's not a dime to be made out of this for either of us. So no. why bother? No. No. <laughs> no. Especially when I promised him that his last name would never be attached to this. And he's like, Oh, fine. Then yeah, sure. No one will ever know about it. Perfect. I, Won't show up on a resume. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. Anonymity, baby. Anonymity. <laughs> key. It's key. Three of the of the sweetest words in the English language. Anonymity. <laughs> so yes, we we started off uh, a little bit uh, professional, uh, not uh, you know, not not notwithstanding the the idiocy that is on brand uh for this podcast that that, that was definitely there and uh and from there we we just kind of grew uh you know a lot of our our episodes based on topics that are uh, as uncle todd says interesting to us in our intro and uh from there uh once we got through Battlestar Galactica which was something we I think the funny thing with that and we'll get into it in in just a little bit here it was we had never really had a chance to sit down and really talk about the show together because you had watched no. it when it was airing like in real you know when it was actually on and airing week to week I ended up binging it um, well after the the finale um, had aired, mm. and so um, 
So we never really had a chance to cross paths and and discuss it uh, until we did that on on this show. And so I I very much enjoyed those episodes. I I, I do think, however, um, it it probably pushed the bounds of of <laughs> of, of our listeners' uh, ability to to take in a three hour tome. But <laughs> oh, it pushed the bounds of credulity, good taste. <laughs> common sense listenability i mean we were we were like the chuck yeagers of podcasting just pushing the envelope but in all the worst ways oh, it yeah. just it was not a and and then you know and everyone's saying and what's the difference between that and the last four or five episodes you did nothing yeah nothing well actually no there is a difference we are no longer imbibing in adult beverages while we were recording so that's the one difference mm-hmm. which might make us less entertaining i'm not sure yes uh I do know that the next day is a little bit easier for me to get up and go to the gym, so I'm appreciative of that. <laughs> I, I haven't dropped I don't the have barbell on my head anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the headache I can deal with. I'm just worried about dropping something heavy on a very on a on an unprotected part of my body. Mm-hmm. I, you mm-hmm. get to the mid 40s and you don't bounce back from that in <laughs> the same way you used to. Indeed. So did 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 I miss any detail and, and any thoughts from Uncle Todd on 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 how on on how this this uh, series this this podcast was set afloat on its maiden voyage? Well, I just I, the one thing that I want to make clear is the fact that yes, this was this is all about uh, having a good excuse for us to engage in a regular conversation. Mm-hmm. and uh, but in a in a very selfish uh, way, I, I also wanted to do this because Tim is the best audience that I've ever had. Oh, thank you. So sir. He, he laughs at all of my jokes, no matter how <laughs> bad they are. See right there. See right there. Easy laugh. It's great. Oh. The best audience I've ever had. My wife, we've been married for 17 years now. She's begging for me to get kidnapped so that something new happens oh, and I get new material. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, with Tim, just always there with a laugh for me. So I, right. I was just, I was craving that. I was feeling neglected. And now after uh, two and a half, almost three years of this, uh, I am fulfilled as a human being and, and I'll probably get hit by a bus tomorrow. But oh, well, we it's all not. been worth it. We hope not. Well, I mean, you never know. You never, never know. And quite honestly, it's either that or I'm going to trip over my cat cat in the middle of the night. I mean, those, mm. those are the two ways that I'm going to go. So I'm, I'm prepared either way. Uh, clean underwear and then, you know, plenty of food left out for the cat. So that's really, you know, I'm, I'm all set either way. But but no, it was it was a. It was a good excuse for us to talk and to yes. talk through things and to and to try and try and just get into this world of podcasting that we were both kind of like, how do you do that? Yeah, well, let's do yeah. one. Okay, sure. And uh, it, it's been it's a it's been a wild ride, sir. It really has. And uh, I I I I I regret nothing. I regret nothing. Really, really, right. I regret nothing. Uh, we should talk about that. Okay, I have a feeling because I see on the outline that you have that, but I just want to make sure I got that out right ahead. All right, all right. Well, sir, uh, as 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 we look back and as we reminisce and and uh, reflect and, and and meditate and appreciate. See, I knew you were going to get into those eights in a second. I, I was waiting on it. It took you a few. It took you a little longer than I expected. You must not have your notes out. Uh, I, I do have my legal pad, but I did not list them out. I just kind of riffed on that one and I actually got more than two out. So I'm, I'm proud of myself. You and your legal pad. Dude, I got to tell you. Okay, so uh, sidetrack. 
my wife is a legal pad connoisseur. I have never <laughs> seen someone write as much stuff on a legal pad and then oh man and yet still not know where it is that is the amazing <laughs> thing like she writes she writes notes and notes and notes and notes mm-hmm. and then she can't find them because it's like well which yellow legal pads it on because they all look the same oh good lord and so she's flipping through all these and i'm like i don't <laughs> think this system is working out for you <laughs> oh gosh She's like, I got a system. I'm like, yes, you have a system, but it's it's not working very well. Yeah. Oh, dear. Because it takes you a half hour to find the right legal pad. And then you find out that was the one that was like the one sheet that you use to like wad your gum up on. Mm. I don't I, I think you need you need to get a little more digital. I think that's but you're now you're now definitely into into legal pads. So maybe you and her can have like a support group and uh, and and that'll That'll further. You know what? That could be be another podcast in the in the free range ADC universe. What's it'll that? be it'll be the the yellow legal pad support group podcast. All right. Tips and tricks on on how to run your life with yellow legal pads. All right. I'm assuming your your pad is is yellow because it's it is that seems to be the common you know. And the, I will the say default. one of the major deficiencies of the legal pad is the fact that when you fill up the page that you are looking at and you go to flip, you, it, it, there is not an easy way to write on the other side of that page unless you well, no, that's why, you, that's why you gotta get the steno. Ah, you gotta get the steno pad that has the little, the little metal curly uh, binder thing at the top that way you flip it over and then you, you turn it over. You got another flat surface. Ah, okay. I see. I That's see. the next step. See, that could be your thing. Like, there's a 12 step process for getting out of legal pads. The 13th step is you go buy a steno notebook. Ah, uh, okay. And it's all of the same problems, but a better writing writing experience. I'm kind of getting into the the moleskin notebooks. I'm I'm on a real writing kick right now. Like for some reason, I am. Um, uh, you know, stepping back from from the digital world of note taking because, uh, you know, much like you just described with the legal pads, I have about five different ways of organizing my thoughts and can never seem to settle on the right one on a, any given day. Mm-hmm. So I decided to start writing things down in just sequential order and just having, you know, just a notebook to refer back to and uh, just finding writing things down has helped me greatly uh, to remember things, to, to, you know, think through and, and, and uh, pontificate and contemplate and, and uh, celebrate. Oh, He's sorry. found his word list again, folks. He's found his word list. I only got two. I, I got to write some more down. Go ahead. <laughs> Jeez. What you got to do is you got to get yourself a bullet notebook. That is my, that is my current favorite for a, for bullet? journaling purposes. Yeah. So it's not, it's not lined because I, I don't like line notebooks because yes. my, my, uh, my handwriting size, I tend to write a little bit on the smaller side. Yeah. I always end up with a lot more unused space. So I like to, I like to have free reign to, to, write however I like. Mm. So what I would normally get is rather than a lined journal, I would get, um, you know, sort of like a moleskin, although I, I knew I wouldn't buy the moleskins cause I think that they're kind of overpriced for what they are. So I would try and find like the knockoff and, uh, I would get unlined, mm. which is cool. Uh, except when you, at some time you do want to draw a straight line or you might want to make a box or something like that. And I'm not the world's greatest like freehand drawing person, which is 
hilarious because my daughter is like a great artist and could probably draw like a perfect circle and she can draw mm. stuff with perspective and all this and she can do all that stuff. I, I, I need to draw a square and I need a guide. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. just the way I am. If I, if I want it to be like an actual square anyways. So you have a bullet notebook, which is the dots. Oh yeah. That, so you that, have, I got one of those recently. Yeah. 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 So I, I like that because I don't feel cons- I can still feel like I can write, you know, however I want. I don't feel constrained by lines, mm-hmm. but if I want to use the dots to make a line, then I've, I feel, you know, I have them there. So that might be a nice middle ground for it. And it's amazing that here we are talking about our hundredth episode and we, we have managed to rabbit trail for 10 minutes on notebooks. Yes. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, on brand Indeed. for idiocy. Indeed. <laughs> If nothing, else, if nothing else. Well, sir, why don't we uh, jump over then into uh, what, what are some favorite moments or episodes? You know, I know we, we were chatting in our pre-production meeting about, you know, kind of top three list, but we can just ramble through some stuff. Yeah, let's do that before I get into pens, because then we will we will talk for a good two hours about pens. I like a I'm good pen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What is wrong with you, sir? Bick? <laughs> my God. Have, have some pride in yourself, man. You're, <laughs> have you're some past respect. the seventh grade. Have some respect. Um, yes. Uh, okay, so what are we doing here? Top three episodes yes, or, sir. or, or yes, moments? Sir. Is that is that am I reading this correctly? Yes. Um all right, so I'll go first uh, because the, this can be kind of brief for me. I know that's going to be no one's believing me, and I'm not really believing myself that this is going to be brief. But uh, if I had to choose three in no particular order, uh, I would say uh, episode number 37, which was our commentary track for the Hulk Hogan gem of a movie, oh, No Holds yes. Barred, oh, yes. which was so much fun to do. Um, and it was recorded once again back in the days when adult beverages were had and mm-hmm. we had less to do. So more adult beverages were consumed. So if you listen to that <laughs> commentary track, who boy. Um, yes. So uh, and I'm going to follow that up by going back to back. Episode 38, the year in movies, 1977. You went back to back episodes like you did with your star buck, buck, buck episode picks. I know. It just sort of works out that way. Maybe I'm just lazy. Anyways, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that. That was the first one that we did where yes. it, it was kind of coming up with that idea. And that came out of the idea that I realized that Star Wars mm-hmm. and Smokey and the Bandit were released in the same year, which to me just blew my mind. Yeah. That you have yep. you have Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker coexisting with, with Bandit and Snowman. Yep. I was like, this really... Those two movies occurred in the Zyke, and they were two of the three top grossing movies in 1977. Yeah. I was like, those lived in the Zeitgeist <laughs> together? Really? And people's brains didn't explode? So that was kind of interesting. And, and of course, as you always like to point out, that was the episode where when we picked out some hidden gems, I didn't do my proper due diligence. <laughs> and I just picked <laughs> on like... I don't even know how I picked, but everyone that I picked was was of a of a naughtier connotation than it should have been, culminating with Wanda the Wicked Warden, which is, ladies and gentlemen, I got no excuses. I I got none. I I, don't really I should think have you need done a better research. Synopsis on that one to know that maybe that one should have been left behind. 
<laughs> I thought it was like an art house movie, and it turns out it's like well, German weirdness. It was an art house it, movie <laughs> in some some circles. So. It was an art house with very sticky floors. Let's put it that way. Oh, um, yeah, so that was a uh, kind of embarrassing, but you know, it was still oh, a lot of fun. It, it was hysterical, though. I mean, just just the way that played out, and 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 just the you know not planned uh the fact it was like that movie there was wow there was a strange one you found with like burt reynolds and chris christopherson yep yep i forget what the title is yeah but you know what i've i saw that yeah uh i think it's on paramount plus oh dear i can't remember the movie but it's on i i was like i no, i don't want to watch this no under no circumstances i'm scarred just from like the movie poster yeah uh yeah yeah, no, that was interesting. I mean, it, it was just like uh, one after another that you picked. We, we were just like, I, I it just you, you couldn't help but laugh. Oh, you were about ready to pee yourself. Oh, I was. Like, it, you, it, were, it was. You were having a grand old I time. Go back and listen to that one again because man, that was the the way you laid that out was just. I remember so funny. I'm like, God, did you not read your notes before you did this? <laughs> No, no, I didn't. I was ill prepared. I was ill prepared, which is, you know, basically me and most of my classes in high school. So I guess I, you know, I've learned some things, but maybe not as much as I should have. That's a gimmick we got to bring back, my friend. We have not done that in a while. And there's a lot of other years that we could be going through uh, with movies. Yeah, maybe we got to do like the year in movies 1913 or something. Ah, there we go. Was there even movies in 1913? I don't know when. I can't remember when motion pictures really started. Anyways, uh, and then of course I'm gonna I'm going to do as I normally do, and uh, and break the rules and say uh, my my third uh, top episode slash moment would would be all of our early that first run through BSG because it was just so gloriously like over the top lengthy diving into the minutia like there's times when we 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 were almost acting out the episode line by line scene by scene oh my gosh oh my goodness that was i i can only imagine what it was like to sit through those i mean well we did sit through them and i actually sat through them and edited them and oh my gosh those were crazy uh but it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun to be able to talk about that episode Mm because like you said we didn't we hadn't spoken about them really before I had watched it and you hadn't watched it. So it's not like I could sit there and, and then this thing happened with Bal- happens with Baltar and blah, blah, blah. I couldn't talk about it. So yeah. when you finally watched, watched all of them, I was like, nice. Now we're going to get down into the deep nitty gritty of this. <laughs> and we did. So, sir, what would be uh, your top three episodes or moments? Uh, well, I, I have more than three, but I'll kind of run through them quickly. Um, wh- and you say I'm bad at math. One thing that I appreciate that, uh, we we were able to do as we kind of creatively looked outside the realm of science fiction, Battlestar Galactica, uh, was was tapping into um, our our musical uh, tastes, our our enjoyment and love of music, and the bands that we mm. follow. Uh, and so, uh, basically, my kind of my 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 top three are kind of around that. So, episode nineteen, uh, we did a. An episode uh, all centered on Rush with uh, our, our good oh my God, friend. was that really that long ago? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Uh, we called it Pod by Night, like Fly by Night, but it was a Rush episode with special guest, our, our friend Mike. Uh, mm-hmm. And so uh, it was great to, to get him in and to kind of... Uh, 
actually, what, what what was funny was it was it was very different because Uncle Todd, rather than being a force of nature as he is on this show, was was kind of a mediator, if you will, uh, a little bit of a you know kind of just sitting back and 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 letting Mike and I just just kind of go and 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 enjoy and and talk about this band we love uh, because because uh, unfortunately Uncle Todd is not as big of a fan, but. Uh, I've, I've, we, become, we, I've become an appreciator of an Rush. Appreciator. I'm not a fan, and but I'm an appreciator. We did rectify that later on. I do not have the episode down because I had thought you were going to put this down yourself and did not. So I don't have the episode, but we did do a Tower of Power of episode uh, yes. where I was mediator and uh, you had your friend uh, Jim on, uh, who is mm-hmm. a, a diehard Tower of Power fan. And we had a wonderful symposium on... Uh, the the storied and and continuing uh journey of this band so mm-hmm. so those were two favorites of mine are are just you know kind of us focusing on the band uh each each of us focusing on the musical actor band that we most identify with that we really you know enjoy and is like our favorite um we also did a a one episode 34 called higher ground uh it was your uh, yours and my top five albums which maybe we should revisit because the whole top five album thing tends to you know kind of uh oscillate over time in terms of what one finds is great but uh very true but that was that was a lot of fun to do and 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 it was interesting because i i, I like to think because we have you know some different tastes in music that we uh you know can expose one another to slightly different uh genre and styles and bands so mm-hmm. uh so i i very much like that uh, you already covered uh, episode 38, which was the 1977 year in movies. Of course, I put that down to just once again rail on the Wanda, the Wicked Warden fiasco. Yep, yep. Uh, but we've already uh-huh. covered that. Let it go. Oh, Let it go. Boy. And then uh, episode 41, we did Thrawn with the Wind with, uh, was he four or five times? Probably six times special guest star uh, Jimmy Dice from Scruffy Looking Podcasters. Yeah, he definitely holds the crown for sure. He does. He does. Uh, but we we discussed uh, the Thrawn trilogy, the original set of books from the early 90s, which, you know, th- that kind of ranked up there with like when we talked about BSG, because I, I had never really had an opportunity to talk to anyone about these books. You know, I read them. I enjoyed them. I read them again. Um but I, I just in in my travels with you know coworkers and and friends who I've made over the years, I've just never come across people who have read them and had a chance to talk to them about it. You know, um, have friends who are Star Wars fans, but primarily you know just for the movies. So uh, so I I really enjoyed the fact that we you know we got to uh, you know kind of hash it out and, and talk about the thing at first read them again to to kind of be able to to go back and 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 reacclimate myself with what made me enjoy these stories so much and then to be able to talk with uh uh your uh, you sir and uh and, and jimmy dice on uh on just you know what we liked what we didn't like and and of course the the ill-fated uh, character name luke oh gosh for all the good that, that zon did in those books couldn't come up with nothing else nothing just luke with two u's and, oh yeah there he is Got to come up with a name for 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 this guy. What am I going to call him? I'll just add a few more U's and we're done. <laughs> uh, that's horrible. <laughs> horrible. 
And finally, uh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our, our first ever uh, foray into bracketology last year. Uh, episode right. 65, our May Wrestling Madness brackets for the best match type ever. And man, that was, uh, that was a throwdown of sorts, my friend. Yep that that was a that was a long episode as well oh, where we were like gosh. oh no we'll just zip right through these oh, uh, no. no we wouldn't no 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 yeah so those would be my my top moments and episodes well very nice sir and then uh you also have here uh, favorite episode gimmicks which uh, I'm not sure if anyone has noticed but we love our we love ourselves some gimmicks Gotta work mostly gimmick, because baby work it. Yeah, it just honestly, it just makes life easier for us. And we're just a fan of that because, well, we're kind of lazy, but, you know, we also have families and jobs. Mm -hmm. I know it's I'm still in disbelief myself that both of us hold down jobs and families. It believe me, no one is more shocked than we are (laughs) uh, that that is actually a thing. So if, if there's a gimmick that's going to make things a little bit easier for us, then then well, why not? It's a way to organize um, our thoughts. Yes. Uh, and I'll say one of my fa- one of my favorite gimmicks. And we've only, we, I'm pretty sure we've we only have done one that uh, has been released. Uh, another is in the vault and will remain in the vault, uh, oh. I think, forevermore. <laughs> and I'm not sure we'll ever do this again because it just it fit for that that one thing. And I don't know, but I really enjoyed doing the movie commentary track. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. I, and I think that's partly because I am such a fan of of director's comment of, of just commentary tracks in general uh, for movies, because I love that insight into making the movie and you know how that all worked, whether it's the director, uh, whether it's a director and then maybe a couple of stars or just the, you know, the actors who are in the movie, even going to a movie like draft day where th- surprisingly there is a writer's commentary track, which uh, mm. I, I have not come across many of those and believe me, I look for this stuff. Yeah, uh, and that was yep. that was a very interesting commentary track to be taught. You know, to be listening to the cats who wrote the movie while you're watching it. It's it's it was very interesting. Um, so that was definitely one of my favorite gimmicks out of all this. Uh, what are what is one of or or a couple of yours, sir? Well, like we were chatting about in our favorite moments, uh, you know, one that stands out is is the year in movies. Um, I think, you know, you kind of touched on it. I, I, I think, you know, for some of these, there's a bit of serendipity that kind of comes from them. And, and that was one of them where, you know, you just happened to, you know, we were in a phase where we were kind of reconnecting with and laughing about Smokey and the Bandit. And then, uh, you know, as you mentioned, then you kind of wandered into, oh, that was the same year as Star Wars. And, oh, this came out and this came out. And, wow, this would be kind of an interesting thing to talk about. And so, uh, mm. you know, we've done a couple since. I think we did one for uh, 84 and I believe believe mm-hmm. 1996 um but there are uh you know many years from from our uh youth uh time and in our teenage years and young adult years that i think we can tap into uh so i do believe we should uh you know at some point think about going back to that i agree agree wholeheartedly sir what else as far as gimmicks um you know I'm a real big fan of the Star Wars Red Five. I I think you that's are. a great. No, I don't. I I hate that with the fire of a thousand suns, and I <laughs> I regret the day that that demon book was ever purchased for you, and that you decided to bring that into our lives. Uh, 
just because it's 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 completely rigged against me. Oh, and good I, lord! And yet, because it is within the week in geek, wow. I have no jurisdiction. Um, you know, I it's almost like uh, it's like. The man they call Tim has diplomatic immunity within the weekend geek. <laughs> is what it seems diplomatic like. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> yeah, he's been decaffeinated. <laughs> oh my gosh! I got now. I got to go back and rewatch Lethal Weapon Reeves. too. Thanks. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys! Oh, those movies are just so bat spit insane. They are. And you know what? I you know what I think is I and I can't remember if we if I mentioned this on the show. Did you know? That Lethal Weapon was released the year before Die Hard. Really? And therefore is is technically has seniority in terms of the oh. action movie that technically qualifies as a Christmas movie because it takes place during Christmas. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Kind of opened my eyes this past year. I was like, wait. Da-na-na. What? Da-na-na. So there you go. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, but I would, I would probably say uh, if I, you know, obviously taking that one out, um, uh, I'm going to go with uh, with album one on one is uh, it probably if I had to pick two out of these, I'd say the, the commentary track and album one on one because it, it has been very interesting to it has helped to expand my musical uh, musical view. Mm hmm. I can get very, 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 very easily locked into the stuff that I like, um, especially, you know, one of the band, my favorite band of all times is a band that has been re- playing and recording for for over 50 years now. There is plenty of stuff for me to go back on and just stay right in that vein, uh, as well as a bunch of other bands that had long recording careers that are some of my favorites. And it's there's so much material for me to go back and and listen to and not necessarily get bored very quickly. Mm. So getting a chance to listen to, you know, something that is not within that and then, you know, actually listening in a very, um, in a very focused way, in a, you know, not just listening in the background, but listening to have a discussion about it is a very interesting experience because uh, there's so many times I can hear something and I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. And then I forget about it immediately. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and then there's, you know, when we do the album one-on-one, I'm actually listening and I'm, I'm trying to take notes and I'm trying to take note of things in the music and even learning, you know, the background of the band, the background of the album. And it's, it's helped to, you know, develop an appreciation for bands that, are not really in my wheelhouse or not something that I really gave too much thought about. So yeah, I definitely appreciate those opportunities. Nice. Yeah. That, that was, uh, it's, it's fun to see concepts like that. You, you know, we try them out, we see if they work and then, um, it's always fun when we kind of find a rhythm with it. And I think we have, uh, with, with that one, that's become kind of a staple for, for the show. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was floored by, uh, how, how much, uh, you know, just how much content we've gotten out of Brady Geddon. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that, that started I, off ugh. as like a one-off and, and just turned into like a three year odyssey that apparently is going to continue in the fall. So. Oh my gosh. No, no. <laughs> Although that dude who 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 paid all that money for that his last touchdown uh-huh. football that was that's a great little saga that's happening there because oh. you know and then of course they gave him what they do they gave him like 
Bitcoin or something. Mm-hmm. They gave him some sort of like freaking cryptocurrency, which I'm like, oh, well, that's so great. That's so much better because that's not just volatile and could evaporate with right. a heartbeat. That That's terrific. Yeah. Uh, oh but yeah, gosh. Tom Brady coming back. And you know what? Just makes me feel all that much better about being the NFL being dead to me. I'm just I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And now that now that now that I've, I've just sworn off watching now. Brady might be playing, but there shall be no more Brady get getting episodes. Seriously. You're swearing them off, huh? I am. All right. I am. Of course, I say that, and then something interesting will happen, and I'll cave because I'm a I'm a weak human and being. Come back, but, like, you know. Hey, I think we should do an episode on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd I'd much rather do that than be than have the fantasy football segment return because that <laughs> truly is dead. <laughs> I I hate fantasy football worse than I hate the the red five. That's how much I hate that. I'm making a note on my legal pad. You go right ahead. Make all the notes you want. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, what else? What haven't we covered? Uh, and then brackets. I love how you tell me you're making a note, and then you don't even you don't even tell us what the note is. Like the listeners are like, "This isn't TV." I didn't get to. See, I didn't read what you wrote. No, I just I made it. It was on what you just said. You you just said you very much loved the fantasy football segment. So I'm making a note to myself to bring it back. If I could bring your neck through this microphone right now, I would. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just responding to to, to what you're saying. You, you just enjoy. remember that we are going to see each other in person in July, and I, I have a, I have a decent memory for someone as idiotic as myself. I have a decent memory. Just keep that in mind, you sir. Do. Just keep it in mind. What else? Uh, oh, and then how? And and we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention uh, real and jabroni. Uh, that that has become a staple of of the uh, free range idi- idiocy. Uh, much much to the chagrin of some of our of the members of the congregation. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Especially when December turned into real or jabroni month. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's like yeah, all these movies are coming out, and my gosh, we got to keep up with all this. How are we going to do that? Um, oh my gosh! But yes, a, yeah. a fun gimmick where we wait. One of us wins, usually you. One of us loses, usually me. And uh, one of us pays off, which is usually me. Oh, stop it. One of us needs 18 different reminders to finally pay off, which is you. One of us needs to communicate what they want. (laughs) I did communicate what I wanted last week. Uh, no, like five weeks ago when Last we week. actually did the episode. But, Last you know, week. hey, who's actually no, it's not even five weeks. It was like January, dude. Yeah, I know. I've let you I've let you skate. We're 90 days past due on this invoice. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so so what happens? Am I going to have my papers delivered to my home? Am I going to get subpoenaed? What's going on? I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's oh, no man. lawyer in the world who would take that case. Oh my like, gosh! You want to see, I'm not even writing a letter for that. You're a moron. <laughs> Click jurisprudence. Don't you know what you're talking about? Good lord! <laughs> oh man! I'd be like, I'd be like Ben Affleck in, in Goodwill Hunting, <laughs> and you can communicate forthwith with my- just using a bunch of big words all strung together. Oh, I'll tell you right now, God. you suspect. But, that, that's the best part of that speech. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. That's great. As he grabs that the, the money wearing- off the desk. 
He's wearing the boat shoes with the white gym socks with the, oh with the blue suit. You can tell it came from a Goodwill. It's like one size too small. Yep. Oh, that, oh, the entire thing. And his hair is slicked back and everything. Oh, it's the entire thing is a tour de force performance. It really. is. It is. Actually, I want to see I want to see that version of Batman. Like I want to see good. I want to see like Batman <laughs> with a Goodwill hunting, like thick Boston accent drops in out of nowhere. Yes. Suspect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would have gone over for me for the for for Batfleck right there. Oh my gosh! And lastly, uh, a- any regrets? I regret nothing. Really, nothing. You don't regret the fact we spent an entire episode, not a segment, but an entire episode on the BSG reboot that is most likely three years later not going to happen. I I do not regret it because oh, what man. we did there is we pulled a reverse jinx. People ought to be thanking us that that actually isn't <laughs> happening because we spent so much time talking about it. We oh. actually reverse jinx that. I mean, that and the fact that it was a money laundering scheme from the very beginning. And Sam Esmail now owns a small island off the coast of something. <laughs> you know, they, they, people ought to be thanking us that we do not have mm. the abomination that surely would have been. The BSG reboot. Yep. Solely because we took the hit and we did that episode. We also and picked we the have, Bengals in this year's Super Bowl, and we all know how that turned out. Well, we are the kiss I mean, of death. you got to take the good with the bad, really. Yeah. I mean, the, the city of Cincinnati hates us. The city of Cleveland also hates us because, <laughs> you know, of, of my rant against the Browns and their oh, ownership. And, you yeah. know, I mean, but then again, I mean, up until up until you know LeBron decided to come back and and you know give Cleveland one championship. I mean, there was a good case to be made that God really hated that it was like Sodom, Gomorrah, and Cleveland. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that it was the trifecta. Oh, good lord. So I mean, hey, they've got that one championship to hang on to. So I don't feel too bad about saying that you know because of your your football team has no moral center moral moral center of fortitude mm. that you know they deserve to be down at the bottom of the standings for a good long time. Yeah. Now I, I anyways, I, what were we talking about again? <laughs> regrets. Regrets. Uh, maybe I regret what I just said. No, I don't. I don't regret. Uh, what about our lockdown survival tips episode? Because, and, and, and I say that as a regret, not because of the fact that we did it, but because of the fact that I think at the time we did it, we thought, all right, it might be a six month stint and then we'll be out of this. And you know, two yeah. years later, <laughs> Two years later, the world is still like tossed into a cocked hat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't regret it. I mean, it was it was quite honestly, that episode was part of our lockdown survival. Yes. uh, Doing doing something like that. So I don't I don't regret that. That was a that was a coping mechanism. Indeed. Unfortunately, the rest of the world had to endure as well. And finally, as we talked about our our initial I think it was maybe just our first maybe his first couple episodes the NPR style of banter. Uh, I think we kind of loosened up after that, but, uh, well, yeah, I'm again, I don't regret it because we had to, we kind of had to have our, our growing pains in order to get to the final, finally oiled machine that we are now. Indeed. Every, every great show needs to find its rhythm. Yeah. And I'm just going to pause here for a moment while all our listeners laugh at that last comment about us being a well-oiled machine. (laughs) 
I mean, but you're right. It, like all shows. I mean, look at the Parks and Recreation. One of the one of the great comedy series of of our time. Uh, you know, post. I would say. I would argue. Well, actually, the problem is I don't have a great. I'll be the first to admit I don't have a great um, knowledge base on this because I'm. I've I've only watched select episodes of Friends. I've only mm. seen. I I think I've seen a handful of Seinfeld episodes at this point. I was just never one of those cats that those were my thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. And but Parks and Recreation to me is like one of the best ensemble comedies that I've seen since Cheers. Mm. Just in terms of like different characters as as well formed as those characters were. And I think that I think it's it was pretty well acclaimed in its time and in even afterwards. However, that first ep- the first season is a little rough. Yeah. While they yeah. were still kind of finding their feet and figuring out which you know wh- who, what the characters were going to be, you know. Yep. So I, I that's kind of how I looked at it. You know, it was it was like our first season of of Parks and Recreation. That first few episodes with us finding our feet, yep. just a lot less funny and 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 less uh, less money involved. Next generation went through it. Seinfeld went through it. Just true. Takes a couple seasons to find your rhythm. Yeah, pre Riker's beard was was kind of a rough patch for for Star Trek: The Next Generation. It was, yeah, I would say that was it. It was pretty much when uh, I believe when Riker grew his beard Mm -hmm. is when they finally stopped putting uh, Troy. In like the one piece mini counselor dress mm-hmm. thing. Yep. I think that she got the gray uniform, like the gray full like pantsuit sort of thing at about the same time Riker grew a beard. It's like mm-hmm. they both went off on shore leave and then they came back and that that was the change. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm remembering. I, you know what? Where's Jimmy Dice when we need him? He could tell us exactly what episode that <laughs> Those changes. I'll tell happened. you when the series got real because season two was still kind of rough. But when season three hit, I think that's when Ron Moore was was part of the writing team and uh, uh, and and they had a new showrunner and they they kind of really went more episodic and and started to really get um or, or sorry not not episodic they they started to do more story arcs um yeah they started getting you know Worf and and his family line and and you know the stuff with the Klingon Empire and and you had you know uh, Picard and the Borg and all that and oh my gosh it gets it just got so good yeah when was did Roddenberry pass before Next Generation aired or did he did he die at some point in the in the early couple of seasons? He died either during season two or in the beginning of season three because they dedicate an episode at the end of the, an episode. They it's, there's a dedication to him. Okay, because I I I thought I remembered hearing at some point, even though he wasn't like super like hands on. I imagine it was there is still like that weirdness of here is this guy that you're still very reverential towards. But you're trying to go in a different direction. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you have cats like Ron Moore coming on who who I think even though he he still values that experience, I think he was frustrated just in in how he went with the direction of Battlestars, a kind of a bit of a frustration with that ty- that style of of sci fi television, you know? Yep. Um, 
But yeah, once again, if Jimmy Dice were here, he could tell us exactly the date that uh, Gene Roddenberry shuffled off this mortal coil. Uh, but we just don't have that information handy. Even though I have the internet right in front of me, I just can't be bothered to type. Indeed. Indeed. But yes, regret nothing. Nothing. But speaking of Ronald Moore. Ah, yes. He has some business to tend to now that we have, have spent the last 50 minutes, you know, self, uh, uh, just self-congratulating ourselves and, and patting our, the executing the Barry Horowitz, if you will, on. Yeah, my arm is really sore right now. So uh, so we thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for, for suffering through a little bit of, of Uncle Todd and I self-aggrandizing ourselves and, and, and just uh, appreciating the wonder that is us. Yeah, I've got I've got tennis elbow from patting myself on the back. <laughs> I really should have stretched. But what, sir, is the business of of uh, of the day of this episode? Well, we said that we're you know sort of like uh, you know Natasha Romanoff told Tony Stark, "I do whatever I want with whoever I want." And you know what? What we want to do is we want to talk some more Battlestar Galactica. Now, before you all let out your groan, well, you probably already did. I know we spent the last five episodes talking about Battlestar Galactica. However, we we specifically left out of our bracket the miniseries, which was the functional pilot, if you will, of the re, the reimagining of Battlestar Galactica back in 2004. And we left out Daybreak, which was the – it says it's a three-parter, but I don't think it was a true three-parter, you know, because of just the way that it – I think it was aired in two parts. And then the second part was a longer – episode or something because mm. i don't think the parts are equal yeah uh it's definitely not like a three hour thing uh anyways uh, it, but daybreak was the the final a- uh, episode it was the the series finale nice. and we left those out because quite honestly they stand kind of on their own as as nice neat bookends almost i believe of equal weight because i i feel like and very interesting in that you can draw even though the, if you take out the entire series, you can draw very straight lines of, of between the characters beginning and ending mm-hmm. and they kind of meander throughout, but you can, you, those lines connect from beginning to end oh, yeah. for, for many or actually most of the main characters. Uh, and that is uh, considering the, the sheer size of the cast of Battlestar Galactica. That's quite an accomplishment in and of itself to do four seasons of television and manage to link all those characters up in some way, shape or form beginning to end. Yep. Uh, and, and to do it in a, in, in what I feel was a very elegant and, and logical way in, in, in most cases. So we're going to, we're going to spend, we're going to spend the, the rest of our 100th episode talking about more Battlestar Galactica because we, our gluttons for punishment and and unabashed shills, ladies and gentlemen, for Battlestar Galactica. So, indeed, how do you want to attack this, sir? Do you? We're obviously we should probably talk about the miniseries first. Yes, and uh, and then you know, first things first, last things last. That is, you know, how it tends to work out best. Yes. Uh, what were your thoughts on the on the miniseries? What was kind of your experience, if you can remember? Your experience watching the miniseries for the first time and then uh, most recently, because we've I believe in the last six months, we've both rewatched the miniseries. Yeah. So can you kind of what was it like first time and then what was it like this last time? Um, what's kind of interesting is I think for for 
you know, both occurrences when I first watched it and, and just even this last time when I, when I watched through it, that, um, what's the, you know, really kind of stood out to me in, in part one was how well done the, um, chaos of the attack was done where, Mm. you know, you, you had those on Galactica not, you know, hearing, and, 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 you know, from, from the ships that were part of what would become the ragtag fleet, you know, hearing, you know, transmissions of something going on, but not entirely being sure of it and not reacting right away. And I, I just thought they, they, you know, that, that Ronald Moore and company caught the, the mood and, and just the general kind of confusion about some, something just so catastrophic happening just very, very well for, for it being a fictional, you know, show. Um, the fact that, you know, it starts off with, you know, really them getting ready to decommission Galactica and, and to retire it and for it to then become basically the, the arc that will end up, you know, containing and, and housing them and, and being their sanctuary for, you know, for four years after their, their civilization is annihilated, um, was just really, you know, I just felt really well done. I, I felt in part two, um, you know, I like how it, it goes from, you know, them, them being, you know, kind of all spread out and all confused and, and just disorganized and, you know, starting to form into some sort of, uh, I wouldn't say by the end of part two, they're organized, but they're, they're definitely trying to operate in such a way where they, um, you know, as, as Rosalind, you know, correctly calls out uh, Adama on it's, it's just this idea that, you know, for, for, for him and Ty being, military men trying to go and wage a war against the Cylons at this stage is just fruitless, you know, and, and, and the fact that, um, you know, there, there's just this, this different perspective that emerges, you know, from the time they enter into, to, um, you know, rag, I I can never get the name right. Rag, rag, Ragnar, Ragnar Anchorage, which makes me want to say Ragnarok, which is probably what they were kind of doing in a wordplay sort of way. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But, um, but I also remember from part two as well is, is just the, just the rawness of, um, and, and the violence of, you know, Adama and, um, and I'm forgetting his name, uh, Leoben, Leoben. Thank you. Um, as, as Leoben is, is basically, you know, affected by the conditions of, um, of, of the anchorage and, and just, you know, him, him, ultimately you know coming to find out that um you know they're human that um there are are models in their midst and uh and and just you know especially when adama just has that that i don't know if we call it a fight but i mean he just like just pummels him with the with with the flashlight and it's just oh yeah like the look on edward james almost his face was just i just remember like especially this time watching like man he 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 knows how how to put a real pissed off look on his face you know what i mean i mean it was mm-hmm. it was he, he was all business as jr would say um and and so there, there was just a rawness to it and and this feeling of of you know them you know trying to survive and 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 finally the plan to kind of get away where where they use galactica to be kind of like the shield to get the the fleet out of the anchorage and then off to whatever their jump point was was uh um, you know, it, it just, it started off as just kind of this, you know, trying to, to, to tell a grounded story in somewhat of a reality we could relate to, 
albeit not in terms of space, and then turn it into just this absolutely catastrophic story where um, where they're all just kind of trying to come together and, and trying to survive and, and just the, the initial just kind of jumping point in, into what would be, you know, a, a pursuit, uh, you know, with, with them being kind of on the run for a period of time was, was just really well done. And so I, that, that's what kind of resonated a lot with me was just the chaos of it and how well, how real it felt. You know, it just, it felt like a real telling of what it would be like if an enemy just kind of just came at, 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 you know, I don't know how to say it, not, not an enemy, but the Cylons coming at the humans the way that they did. You know, like like yeah. seeing how that that could happen and and how that would impact people at varying levels was very interesting to me. Uh, how about you, sir? As I have rambled on for five minutes. Well, I think the first th- the first thoughts I had watching the miniseries when I did was I've never seen anything like this mm. because I was a big fan of the original. Like Galactica from 78, 79, 80. I think it was, it was a tail end of 78 and then it ran in 79 into like, I think a bit of 80. And then you had Galactica 81, which was trying to, you know, get some more mileage out of it, which I never, I never actually saw any of those. But I saw the reruns of the original Battlestar Galactica on like USA Network growing up, you know, because that was where all, all the TV shows from like, the 80s kind of went to die into syndication. Mm. Uh, I think I watched a team on there, too, and all that. So, you know, I was used to I knew the characters. I knew Dirk Benedict as Starbuck. I knew Richard Hatch as, as Apollo. I knew Lauren Green as Adama. And I'm forgetting all the other actors. But, you know, Boomer and, you know, Colonel uh, was there Ty? Yeah, Ty. And, um, you know, I, I remember all those characters and the goofy, you know, uh, robot dog and, yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. And so when I when I first saw the miniseries in 2004, I was like, what, what is this? You know, and I guess the, the thing I would say is that I was impressed with how many chances they took. Mm. Because it really felt like they they just went loaded for bear like okay if we're gonna do it then let's really do it let's not nibble around the edges if we're gonna if we're gonna attack this thing and it's one of the things i i kind of go for when i'm looking for you know like if someone covers a song Mm -hmm. don't give me a note for note replay of what the other person did just in a different key don't give me the rascal flats version of life is a highway because guess what i can go on apple music and i can get the original that doesn't suck Uh, i can go listen to the tom cochran version uh give me like the joe cocker version of with a little help from my friends that is like light years away from the beatles original like give me that give me like the Jimi Hendrix all along the watchtower, which is like way different than Dylan. You know, I mean, give me those, give me a fresh take on it. And they took so many chances in that miniseries. I mean, just by taking like the character of Starbuck and saying, Oh, by the way, Starbuck, like the, the I, I honestly, cause the, the, the easier way would have been gone. would have been to go like make Apollo a woman. Right. Because you, you, you know, but having Starbuck being like the Dirk Benedict, like 
kind of roguish, you know, hotshot pilot. And that's you're going to turn that character into a woman. It's like, OK, that's a big chance. And, it, and, and people were pissed off about it. I think there's still fans who are probably still pissed off about it. Tough, because I think that, you know, again, I'm totally I pick that, you know, I walked right into that one, just showing my <laughs> my absolute <laughs> partisan take, you know, again, for Katie Sackoff. But, you know, I mean, and then making Boomer a, a woman and, and again, it's it's kind of a small change in in a sense but then all the other changes that branched off that by the end of the miniseries, you know, Boomer's a Cylon. Like, holy crap, right. what? You know, making Ty not a not you know like this straight up care like making Ty a functional alcoholic. I mean, that is not something you're expecting. And then, yeah. like, the biggest thing is like, here's Apollo. Here is like the hero from the original series, and for the first. 50% of the miniseries, Apollo is a complete D-bag. Like, he is unlikable until that moment when he manages to use the uh, the, the coils in the uh, on Colonial One to distract the Cylons and make them think that there was a nuke that went off. And he starts to kind of loosen up a little bit. It's really hard to like Apollo yeah. up until that point. And even then, you're sort of like, he's still kind of a dick. <laughs> Right, right. You know, but he's at least he's like you at least feel like he's on your side. You know, I mean, there's so many choices, uh, chances that they were taking in that. And also just the idea of of, like you said, like you're 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 getting the chaos because you're not seeing the attack on the colonies. You're just getting the the news bulletins from D you're getting and even like some of the some of the dog fights, which was a, a very interesting thing that they do a lot of the times, they, especially that first dog fight where you're, you're hearing it, you're not seeing it. You know, you're hearing it all in the CIC over comms and stuff. Right. And it really played into that, the, the documentary style that they chose to go with where, Hey, we're not going to show you that because there's no camera there. That would take you out of this story. Like you're following these characters and this is all the information they got. So that's all the information that you got. Yeah. And we'll break away to the Cylon, you know, to, to different stories. But at the same time, we're not giving you like that overarching thing. We're not giving you that, um, you know, that one character you're going to stumble across who's going to now info dump all of this stuff onto you, mm-hmm. you know, um, like watching the movie Cloverfield. Of course, they stumble across that one doctor who knows all the information you know, or whatever. And uh, it was either a doctor, it was a, like a, uh, military commander or something who then like info dumps all this stuff and gives you all the background up until then. You really don't know what the hell's going on. Well, you with Battlestar, they really didn't do much of that. Yeah. I mean, it took until right before, I think it was the third season when, uh, when razor came out, but right before the third season, when you actually saw the attack on the colonies, mm. like that was the first time we saw that. Right. Right. I mean, you waited two seasons before you saw that. Um, so just a lot of chances were taken and, and it it was so different and, and and also tied into kind of a bit of the the unease and the 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 kind of. Um, well, I mean, it, it, to the confusion of like uh, of like 9-11, because right. 
even though you have the internet at that point, it, everyone still was running to the TV to find out what's going on. So you're only getting bits and pieces and, and, and all of that. And that was still very fresh in, in most people's minds at that point. So it was, it was just a lot of chances taken. And one of those things where it's like the, the old, the old saying, you like, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And, and yeah, Battlestar missed some shots along the way. They, they had some things that where you go and you, ah, the show kind of slowed down here or got bogged down this and that and the other. But overall, they hit way more shots, especially in the miniseries than they missed. Yeah. I mean, in the miniseries, it was like they were on freaking fire. It was crazy. Uh, but yeah, overall, I, I was so impressed watching it for the first time, just blown away. And, and even watching it back now recently, I was just blown away by how good it was and how all the characters are there and how even times when you feel like you're not getting like the even in the instances like with uh, with Chief doesn't have a lot going on early on, but was was working everything that he had. Um, I just felt like the casting and everything else was just so good. And they they really they caught they definitely got lucky in some of those uh, some of the day players, like the the guys who were there like, yeah, well, we'll get Vancouver and then we'll cast some of these guys because we don't want to have to get them across the border and move them and all that. So we'll just get people around Vancouver where we're recording and, you know, they'll be good enough. Yeah. And they lucked yeah. out with a bunch of guys like that. I'm pretty sure Michael Hogan was was one of those cats who who was not cast in Hollywood. They cast him up in Canada. And my God. I can't imagine anyone else's tie. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely just beat your record for babbling about it, but um, just as impressed with it now as I was when I first watched it. Yeah. It still blows me away that it's at, at how good it is, how well written it is, how well directed it is, and how well cast it is. Yep. Just, it's hard to believe that something that good just kind of happened and that Hollywood studios TV networks did not screw it up. It's it, that is that is kind of where we're at now in in history is where you're just amazed that my god <laughs> nobody screwed this up. <laughs> you know, I mean, cuz quite honestly, that's one of the things about the MCU that is just baffling to me. Yeah. Like because people yeah. are like, "Well, how come people don't do this? How come this how come nobody else did this?" Because it's so easy to screw it up. Look right. at DC. Look at look at any other number of of you know just franchises that were just trying to be like one film franchise yeah. to continue on and they couldn't do it. I mean, it it's it's almost like it, it's baffling that this that they that Marvel and and Disney and ever that, that they haven't managed to mess this up. It's crazy, you know, and it will get messed up at some point. At some point, it'll it'll completely fall off the shelf. But I don't know when 10, 12 years from now, maybe I don't know. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it's amazing how how well the miniseries came together and just and how it still holds up. Indeed. Still holds up. Indeed. What else? What else about the miniseries? Because we kind of went through like what we liked. I don't think there's very much we felt wasn't good in it. Um, in terms of, you know, things that were done wrong, because as we just said, it was well cast, well written, well directed. Um, any other thoughts, any other? I think that the, the, um, man, I'm, I'm trying to come up with something nitpicky and, um, 
I've got nothing. Yeah, I really don't. And I mean, maybe it's tiring for for listeners to hear it, but I'm so in the bag for this show. But it's it is really difficult to pick stuff out because you go right down to even the character of uh crap Doral, mm-hmm. who's who's kind of a you know a wet dish rag sort of character. Like he's just meh. He's there. Even someone like that who you're like, well, that character could have done more or been more or whatever. They managed throughout the rest of the series to turn that around. Like even the negatives that you could come up with, the nits that you could pick in the in the in the miniseries, they managed to take those and spin them into something later. Like they totally managed right. to make some chicken salad out of those. It's just crazy. Like they managed to turn that into a joke and then they managed to, you know, to do stuff with Doral that wasn't so dish raggy. And oh, man, it just I I don't know what what I would have done differently or or how to do anything differently. You know, agreed. Can't imagine anyone as 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 Ty besides Michael Hogan. Can't imagine. No, I can't. who, Who else do you get to play a Dama except for Eddie Almost? Really? Yep. Cool almost. And the thing is, like, that's not that wouldn't have been on my radar at the time. But, yeah. oh, my gosh, like seeing what he did with that role and just how I mean, Edward James almost. I mean, my gosh, he has had so many roles that are, are really good. I mean, come on. But that that show is a clinic in how to build a character and how to how to make that character change and ebb and flow but without ever really betraying who the character is right you know not right. having any of those things where you're like well wait a minute they never would have done that everything that adama does throughout the show has a has a certain logic to it and a certain tie to his core yeah yeah and even though the, the character changes and does things differently you can you can trace it back and and there's actually a moment in daybreak that that you can you can that we can talk about if you remind me if I don't remember but yeah it all like everything that he does it's it's a clinic and how to how to how to develop and to change a character without betraying who the character is yep yeah uh, man's a master yep um you know a couple things that that I thought they got right um you know, especially in like part one as, as they're going through the chaos of, of the attack was, um, you know, I like how they worked in the, the entire idea of, of the line of succession, you know, with president, um, Mm. you know, bringing that into play. I, I, I like the way I I didn't like it, but I liked the, you know, as, as far as the event, but I, I liked the way they, they portrayed the difficult choices that had to be made in a split second as, uh, you know, the ships that did not have faster than light um, had to be left behind. And, oh, yeah. And, and that's so hard. Yeah. I mean, and, just and, and hearing hearing the voices of the ship captains like, I hope you burn in hell. I'm like, oh, my gosh, well, we're not pulling any bunches here. Yeah, are we? So, so you had those. But there were also the ones that were just pleading, you know, like, you know, please, you know, please don't leave us. Yeah. Behind. I mean, that that, you know, unfortunately is is probably. You know, um, I mean, I've I've never served in the armed forces, so I'm not going to pretend that I know. But I have to imagine, you know, that there are 
moments like that where difficult decisions have to be, you know, made and, and you have to hear that sort of thing and how that kind of like has to sit with you. And, mm-hmm. and, and the show dealt with that, you know, not directly in the miniseries, but, you know, as season one progressed, you know, there was an element of Apollo having to deal with, with the regret of, of, or, or the guilt of shooting down the Olympic carrier and, and dealing with that and, and not knowing, um, or assuming that, you know, he had taken down, you know, uh, whoever was on board. Although we, we are led to believe, and I think the plan kind of addresses this as well. We are led to believe the Cylons pretty much, you know, kind of took that ship and turned it into a roving bomb. But, um, Mm. but you know, it was just little details like that, that I really felt they got right. Um, you know, I've, I, I always love the part with Baltar when, when, uh, you know, the attack is happening and, and there's finally a, uh, a mushroom cloud that pops up close, close to where, where he lives. And, and he just lets off this, this squeal, you know, just like, you know, yeah. just squeal of horror, um, you know, just like, my God, the world is just falling apart around me and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. um, so yeah, just little details, but like you said, I mean, there, there really isn't you know, there, there isn't any fat in it that I would cut. There isn't any, you know, miscast members. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really just, you know, the serendipitous coming together of a great cast with great writing, great directing, and, and just a very, probably one of the most solid, you know, starts to a series that, that one can have, um, and, and done just, just phenomenally well. Yeah. Agreed, hundred percent. All right, have we gushed enough uh, over the miniseries? Yes, let's uh, let's gush now about Daybreak. Oh, for something, you know, just a change. Oh man! Uh, so Daybreak is the culmination of four years of Battlestar Galactica. Uh, it was the series finale, not the final uh, word on Battlestar Galactica. That was uh, the plan, which was uh, filmed almost immediately after. Or, or near enough after um, the the wrap on Battlestar Galactica that they still had enough they still had a number of the sets so they were able to to kind of cobble together um, new footage with um, with existing footage to kind of weave this thing together and directed by Edward James almost as a matter of fact mm. Uh, and it was uh, for what it was was a was a nice way to kind of tie things up. But that uh, daybreak was the culmination of the Battlestar Galactica story for all intents and purposes. The the story arc. Um, and oh my gosh, I, I you want to go out with a bang? Mm-hmm. I mean the the one thing that's going to top the Adama maneuver, and I don't even know if it tops it here, it, but it at least ties it. Is you know jumping the Galactica into the one parking spot within a singularity where the Cylon colony is and telling the gun captains, I want them to keep fi- fire and keep on firing. And then when they run out of ammo, I want them to throw rocks. <laughs> I mean, is there any question why so many people would like dive on a grenade for, for William Adama? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Um, but oh my gosh, wraps up everything, wraps up the, their, their battle with the Cylons, the final five Hera, I mean, brings us back to the opera house. Uh, I mean, head six and head Baltar together again for the first time. I mean, Mm -hmm. 
sweet mother of God. And then you also go back and you start as if it wasn't enough to bring all these things to a close. We also get tying back to several of our characters before the fall. Uh, We specifically Rosalind, uh, Lee, Kara and Bill uh, Adama. We, We all get background on all of them and kind of inform us of who these characters were before you know, everything went down with the invasion and, and kind of let us know like, Oh, so that's kind of why mm-hmm. they made it. Or that's kind of why these things were in play. Yeah. Um, masterful, masterful storytelling and kind of got the whole band back together because you had Michael Reimer directing and he was also the director for the miniseries as well as a, a lot of like the, the first and last episodes of, of different seasons. Um, Ronald Moore wrote most of, if not the entire thing, I, I believe, on his own. Uh, just a just a fantastic episode, and of course, uh, you know, one of one of the man they call Tim's favorite lines ever. Uh, you know that uh, you know the the line on the deck speech, <laughs> which the thing is uh, with all uh, to to the fact that you have the end of the miniseries ends with one of the great Adama speeches and then we get the bookend here at the end mm-hmm. uh on battle on Galactica's final final mission uh is is just poetry i mean it's, it, mwah, chef's kiss mm-hmm. is, is gorgeous um so i mean what what for you when you first saw this or even on a rewatch uh recently kind of stood out to you what what was it that you just do you feel it it's kind of tied everything up for you summed it all up i mean what what was it about this finale that kind of did it for you yeah i i felt it was it was just a a great ending for the series um you know given where it started and and just across the four seasons i you know i I had always enjoyed the examination of, of, you know, religion through the series and how that was, you know, how, how there were these sort of like supernatural kind of forces at work in terms of events and things that are going on. And that was always kind of present all throughout, you know, each season uh, and, and really kind of, you know, kind of came together in, in, in this ending. Um, you know, especially watching Daybreak, you know, over the weekend, um, really thought it was and, and and I forget if if this aired as an hour and a half thing or if it actually aired as three parts or how, how they aired it but really smart move to have there be the breathing room you know at the end for there to be 45 minutes of just you know articulation and narrative of them arriving finally at their destination and settling in and all the characters kind of defining like what, what their next steps in some ways are going to be. I mean, not, you know, not that we came away knowing a hundred percent what they're all going to do, but just in general, kind of getting an idea and, and just having the breathing room to let them all have their moment was, was just, just a, mm. a, you know, masterful stroke on, on, on the part of, of the director and, and the writer and the producer of, of, of the, of that episode. I mean, it was just phenomenal. Um, what, what kind of stood out to me during this, this rewatch was, uh, and, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, uh, cause I don't think we talked about this when we did our, our first review was, um, what, what kind of stood out to me this time watching these three parts back to back and, and, and just taking it all in in kind of a very short time period, uh, really harkens back to 
the the Pegasus uh, arc that that you know that we we talked about during the brackets and and that line that Adama says that you know it's not enough to survive but one must be worthy of survival and for mm. some reason when I was watching this and you know from from the 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 mission to go get Hera to just the impossibility of of that mission to Starbuck jumping them out of there and, and landing at Earth it almost felt like and, and, and really all starting at, in part one of, of, of the finale with, with, you know, with Adama kind of wandering into the, the wing of the ship where it used to be the memorial and there were still some pictures up and he sees the picture oh, yeah. of Hera and he just kind of walk, he goes to walk out and he stops and then he turns around and he walks back and he takes the picture off the wall. And that's when we get the line down the deck and in, in that famous speech. And, and as I'm watching it over the weekend, I'm thinking, I wonder if for the writers, not because, because they don't ever, you know, come out and say this, this isn't something that Adama says, but I just wonder if this was like the final test for humanity based on, on, you know, this kind of supernatural journey they've been on, you know, to kind Mm. of get to this point to say, are you willing to put it all in the line? And, and, and there was a lot of criticism of the finale, like, yo, it doesn't make any sense that they would just go, you know, do this mission to get a girl. Everything's falling apart. They're, they're about to, to, to get rid of Galactica as, as their, their primary, you know, protection and, and primary, um, you know, place of, of, uh, of security in favor of moving into the, the Cylon base star. And you know, I think for the story, it, 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 it is in line with Adama's character. Like, I, I, I wonder if that moment where he's standing there thinking about it before he turns around and walks back in and gets and, and looks at that picture and grabs it, if his character isn't thinking that very thing, that it's not enough for us to survive, even though we can, you know, continue on this way with our lives, are we worthy of, of that, of surviving? And, and, you know, going and and getting that, that child who represents the future of both civilizations. And so, um, so for some reason that really stood out to me this time I watched it. And and it was funny because I had watched Pegasus a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, as we were preparing for the brackets and things like that. And, um, and so it, it, that kind of stood out to me this time around is, is that I just wonder if, a lot of the the sort of religious and philosophical nature of of how they get to where they finally land isn't due to the to them being kind of put to the test to prove that they're worthy of 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 that gift of this new world untouched uh unfettered and and now you know what ends up becoming their home and then the brilliant twist the thing that i really really loved about the finale is that it isn't a future tale as we thought it was, but it was actually a tale from the past and, and, mm. and from, from, you know, the past of our earth. And I, and I thought that was really, really smart and really just a, a very intelligent and, and, you know, I'll use the word cool, uh, which isn't very articulate, but I just thought it was a cool, cool way to kind of end it, to, to say like, this whole time we we think of this series as being future and and to take it and position it as in the past um that that there could have been a past civilization with all this advanced tech that is no longer you know around because they they made that choice to just jettison it all and to start anew was i thought really you know just very poetic and and true to the spirit of the series so 
So that that's kind of what stood out to me this time around. I, I have some other thoughts, but I've again been rambling. Well, I, I, there's a good poll on that one because I took special note of that too, because, um, in my notes, I really, I really had that down. I, I, I wrote that is BSG Yeah, because that moment, because there's so many things that go into that. And, and the first thing that, that comes out to me is especially after this, uh, knowing how the story ends up, um, I was watching it. And again, what BSG has always done, they, they've, and, and Ron Moore and, uh, uh, Ron Moore, for the most part, because he did a lot of the the commentaries, uh, had pointed out is that they would always fight for those character moments. They would they would actually give up, you know, action sequences, or they would they would trim those in order to keep those character moments, those those couple extra seconds to hang on a character, and to just you know the fact that you know Adama goes past all of that, like you said, he sees the photo goes to the door and then he just pauses and the camera just holds on him and it's just quiet. Like the, there's music in the background, but it's quiet music. There's no, like the music doesn't swell kind of in that moment, not in this way of like, you can tell, ah, he's going to make the decision, but it just holds on. And we just see the character processing in real time. That's BSG because it was always about the characters. Mm. Yeah, they're in space. Yeah, they're this. Yeah, they're that. But it is about the characters. And I think that is why, you know, my wife latched onto the show. She's not a sci-fi person whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and, and but when we started, when I talked her into watching the miniseries, that started us like marathoning that show every night watching two, three episodes. There were some nights, I mean, I, I told you where it would be like almost 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we've got to shut this off. We have to work in the morning. <laughs> but that's why she caught on to it is because of the characters, not because it's sci-fi, because if it was just sci-fi, she'd be done in a heartbeat. Yep. It was always about the characters. In that moment, I, I agree. I think, and, and well, then okay, so but then to take it a step further, to get into Eddie Almos, and just the brilliance of that guy, because he doesn't say anything when he turns around, and he comes back. It's all in his face and in his eyes. And, you know, at that moment, he's he's made a decision. Yeah. And and I think that you're right. I think that there is a but I think it's on two levels. Um, I, I do think you can read it as, yeah, this is kind of like in the terms of like the human race's odyssey. This is like their last challenge. This is the boss level. This is the last dragon that they have to slay in order to prove themselves worthy Mm -hmm. of that but i think it's also a very personal thing i think it's very personal for adama like am i worthy right right all the stuff i've done of all the sacrifices i've made of all the things i've done that might be kind of questionable or that i might maybe i regret or or look at as like ah that probably was not the the best decision am I worthy? Like it's a, it's a personal gut check moment for him. Yep. And I think that's, it's reflected in the fact that he's, he's, he's willing to jump on uh, as many Raptors as will fill it. If he can't have enough people to crew Galactica and he's going to go on a suicide mission because there's no way that mission succeeds without Galactica. Right. But that's right. how he, that's what he has to do. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I think it, it becomes a larger gut check moment for all of those characters yep. of, or, you know, are we going to, am I willing to do this? Am I willing to do this in order to not prove myself worthy, but 
to to oh I no, I guess that is it to prove myself worthy. Right. Um and but yeah, no, that's that's such a great moment and 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 a great uh, great poll from you. Well, and 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 also like when you think about it that way too. I mean, think about all the other steps that they've taken along the way that when they started out being annihilated by this this race that they had created and now in the end and, and, you know, the battle, you know, just typifies this when, when you see the humans and the rebel Cylons with the red stripes, you know, across their chest, marching in together to mm. go carry this mission out. Um, you know, who would have ever thought of that back in season one? Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. Oh no, it was so far away. I mean, cause the first time you saw those Cylons, which was like, what, two minutes into the pot, into the miniseries. Right freaking freaky looking like scarier than any of the old school centurions oh yeah oh yeah you know um no that you wouldn't have pictured that and that's what's so great about part of the reason why i'm, I'm glad we can kind of talk about these together is because they are such bookends yes like, yeah. things that you would not have imagined would be happening yeah happening you know by the end of the run and also things that that are very much mirrors you know one of the things i picked up is you know, Baltar winds up surviving mm-hmm. by getting on to a raptor that he doesn't deserve to be on. Yep. He didn't win the the lottery in order to get there. Hilo gave up his seat because he's like, oh, this dude is really smart and we're going to need really smart people because it's the end of the world as we know it. And I don't feel fine because I've been shot through the leg, which happens again to Hilo in the freaking finale. I'm like, this Poor, poor dude can't get away clean, can Hilo he? Noir, like he baby. Got, Hilo Noir. He's got to get shot in the damn leg again. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so when everyone's on her, on Earth, he's hobbling like, boy, this feels familiar. At least it's not radiation. <laughs> like if I was if I was him, I would have been talking to Ron Moore. Like, do you just like the way I limp? Is that what it is? Do I do I have a really good pronounced limp or something? Like, what is it? Um, but he he gets he gets away from Caprica because onto a raptor and then in daybreak his fate changes because he does not take the raptor off he has the last raptor off he's got a seat on it and he's going to get away and he's not going to have to to fight and he chooses to stay rather than taking that flight that he knows by but from what lee says you know because you know lee go, lays into him he's like oh because i haven't passed the lee adama he's like no because you haven't passed the guy's baltar test Mm -hmm. of of worthiness yep and he makes that decision in that moment and ends up staying on galactica which i'm again leads him to you know the next thing of 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 proving himself worthy to 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 caprica yep you know and i mean it's so many things that just kind of mirror you know yeah um well and, and and the other point on on just them you know, if if you look at the the mission to save Hera as kind of that final test, the fact that they were, you know, at a point where they were living in in some kind of peace with the Cylons, you know, that mm. that they took in the rebels and that they um, were were able to find that common ground, to me was like another test. You know what I mean? Like 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 if yeah. you look back at the four years, it, it, it obviously is the it's 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 the evolution in their journey. 
but it is interesting to see how there are these moments where things that you didn't think would be possible become possible because of, of the way that they're changing their mindset and the way that the circumstances around them have forced them to, to look at life in, in kind of a different way. Um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, which, which is all, you know, very, 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 uh, good and, and, and true life lessons, you know, in general. Um, you know, I do like, um, you know, we talk about bookends and things like that. I, I, I do like, uh, or, or when you talk about Baltar, for example, um, how they allowed the guy who really kind of was the reason for, you know, not just the the annihilation of, of Caprica, but but also the uh, subjugation and and occupancy of of New Caprica by the Cylons, um, mm-hmm. but that he 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 was allowed to make it. You know that he he was able to redeem himself and and well, not only make it, but he was the voice of reason. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, I mean, which uh, going into like when they, I mean, the whole like mirroring of the opera house, like that entire right. thing of, of Rosalind and Boomer and Baltar and Caprica and Hera and how they work that. I mean, my God. And I, and, and I think Ron Moore is on record as saying like, they didn't, it's not like they planned that out the first time they showed the, the opera house, but yeah. they managed to make all that work. And when you when they go into the CIC and you just see how insane things are in there, like you've got a Dama like like throwing a Simon who I believe is his throat is cut. Yeah, <laughs> like yep. there's dead Cylons, there's dead dead uh, Colonials here and there. But in that moment, it's Baltar who makes the case mm-hmm. to Cavill. He's the one who actually manages to like be the voice of reason. And this is the dude who got them, who kind of got the colonials there in the first place. Yeah. Like he was the one that let the Cylons in. Yeah. And for him to come full circle and, and for, for this to have been a redemptive tale for so many characters, cause it's even, you could even look at it as it's kind of redemption for, for, uh, for Adama. It's, it's, re- you know, I mean, there's, but, but especially for Baltar. Yep. Where he he is he is redeemed at the end of this. It's kind of remarkable, like you say, that they they did that for that character. Agreed, and 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 you know I I talked at length about it the you know when we did our first review of Daybreak, but but I will go back to it that that one of the the memorable and, and favorite parts of, of of that finale is is the last time that we see him in six where where he uh, oh geez, where James yeah. Callis just just a tour de force when, when, when he's just talking, you know, he just kind of stumbles into talking about how he knows about farming and you see the guilt and the four years of, of the journey, just all of a sudden just kind of pour out of, out of his face, you know, for, for just a moment, um, but before six kind of, you know, helps him kind of regain his composure. Um, yeah, was, was just, that that was like the cherry on top of the ice cream sundae that that was that character's story arc across that series was to go from the most you know just uh the most despised of of and selfish of of individuals to being someone who who finally you know kind of comes to terms with who he really is and 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 you know accepts his faults and accepts you know who he is but but still kind of carries the burden of that um 
just oh my gosh! I, I every time I see that part, it, it it is just one of my favorite because because I I, I love complex characters like that. I love characters who mm-hmm. who show growth and evolution, and and you know because they they are at the end of the day really representative of all of us because we we all are on that journey. We're all evolving. Mm-hmm. We've all made mistakes, and you know some some of us not as 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 intense and as bad as what Baltar did, but but nonetheless um, well let's hope not yeah but but my point is you know that that i think in that moment when he starts to break down and 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 then six stops him is you know that's all of us at some point we, we all kind of wear the you know the burden and 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 the guilt on our face and and realize you know that what we are may not be what what is the potential of what we could be and and so i mm. i i just i always really enjoy that part because it 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 was just um they, they just did such service to all these characters like you said both in terms of bookending the series and just the the mirrors that exist across um you know just yeah. various characters well and the nice and the the interesting thing about that is is that it really kind of gets down to because you go back to the be- the very beginning of daybreak and I've, I completely didn't connect the dots that the entire episode with Gaius's father happens essentially on on his first date with Caprica. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, things are going quite swimmingly for him uh, to begin the date. Uh, seems like there might not even be dinner involved, uh, to be quite <laughs> frank. It might just be a leisurely drive with the partition up in the limo. Uh-huh. Uh but, you know, that and then kind of coming off of that of how Six, you know, does this thing for Baltar of helping his father, mm-hmm. which I mean, yeah. you can say, yeah, she's trying to infiltrate and all that. But tying back into the whole idea of like she just wanted to be proud of him. And that was the thing that she was missing. Right. And the idea that. In that moment, Baltar, I think, watching it this time, I really connected this idea of, I think Baltar, part of the reason that he breaks down there is that he he thinks that, he kind of knows that his father would be proud of him in that moment. Yeah, that's true. That 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 he would be, he would wind up going back to farming, that he would like that. Yeah. And the fact that it's that so much of our lives in a psychoanalytical sense could probably be broken down to like... We just we, we want our parents' approval. We want our parents to be proud of us, and and they kind of dig into that in the in the plan where and and I think in other episodes, although it's all kind of blurring together for me, that that, that was what the Cylons wanted. This uh, Cavill especially mm. that was one of his prime motivators yeah. is that he was angry that that his parents, his creators, the Final Five, kind of preferred humans. Yeah. You know, that they kind of favored the humans or whatever. And, and that they, it was this idea of like, they just want, he want, and he kind of shot past that into this very angry, ugly place. Um, that was a, a very interesting way to go with that character and and, a, and an interesting theme that, that kind of got carried over and, and, and comes around with the Cylons themselves as the children of humanity, you yeah. know, which I think is how they, how, uh, Six refers to the Cylons in the, in the miniseries as, you know, ch- uh, humanity's children are coming home today, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, good, good call on that because that was uh, a, a, a fantastic moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For, um, for Baltar. Yeah. 
and when you were talking about mirrors, you know, from the miniseries to Daybreak, um, I thought it was, you know, incredibly poetic that uh, during that that kind of sequence back on Galactica, as as Adama is kind of talking through how they're going to split up, you know, the remaining members of of the of the colonies, and uh, and you know, he taught he asked the Cylons what they're going to do, and just thought it was incredibly poetic that Leoben's the first one to talk standing next to Adama mm. in this very yeah. peaceful, very joyful kind of setting or, or not setting, but, but peaceful and joyful in, in his mannerism, you know, just a very different Leoben than we've seen in the past yeah. as he talks about passing, you know, that they're going to live out their days before they pass into God's hands. And, and, juxtapose that with what we saw between Leoben and Adama in the miniseries. <laughs> There was no flashlights present. No flashlights were present. But but just the fact that you have those two characters together in that scene talking back and forth in a very civil way versus when it was this big chess match of of you know mind games back in the miniseries and how far that they've come. Um you know, that really stood out to me when I was watching and I'm like, how funny is it that I, I pummeled you pretty good four years ago and now now we're good friends. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One well, and then you go back to the idea of you know calling back to the miniseries when Adama is telling Rosalind that there will be no there will be no network computers while he is captain of the Galactica. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we see that the only time that they do network it is when Adama, when Adama's in the in sick bay with a couple bullet holes in his chest. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's this idea of having an, of networking Sam into Galactica. And giving him essentially control of the entire ship, creating a central intelligence for the entire Galactica. And he fights it. Yeah. And it's it's Starbuck in that moment who then just gets right up in his face about how, you know, everyone everyone has crossed a line and now it's time for you to cross that line. Mm-hmm. You know, not just the not just the line in the deck that everyone crossed in order to start this mission, but everyone has crossed lines through the years for him and that now it's his turn yeah and it to me it called back to another time when d called him out and it made me realize there are certain people who who have that in with adama because i don't even know that lee ever really i mean in the miniseries lee goes off on him and adama just dismisses him Mm mm-hmm but it shows the, how this character has changed, and he, and he has changed his mind before. He's not this immovable object, but Kara gets right up in his face, and and he's able to like take it, and then to process it and change his mind, right? And then kind right. of look at her like, "You happy?" Yeah, <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's you know, it it kind of bookends and then shows his growth too to understand like, okay. Yeah, I do need to. Okay. Um, I thought that was a great moment. There's also uh, one of the characters we haven't talked a lot about, which I don't know how we we haven't, but then again, it's probably because, man, it's not a not an easy uh, episode for uh, President Rosalind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But one of the things you kind of, you know, you don't I, – I didn't really process and think about until – getting here and, and thinking about it afterwards is Rosalind goes through so much mm-hmm. and and is able to become this 
you know, this hardened um, kind of instrument at times to just get stuff done. And you're like, man, she's gone through this apocalyptic event. And then you realize in seeing what happened to her before all of that, the world had already ended for her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, her sisters, her sisters, her father taken away from her, her world was already over. Right. Like the can't between that and the cancer diagnosis, it's like, what is there? You know, but it was, it was even over way before that. So it's, it's kind of, you know, you kind of understand like, oh, this is a person who has already conditioned themselves to have to just get stuff done and move forward. Even though emotionally she is, she is shaken in the miniseries. You kind of understand now like, oh, this is how this person has just persevered and continued. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and my God, Mary McDonald, so amazing an amazing actor and a, and a great performance and, and able to show all of these sides of a human being. Uh, it, it was remarkable to watch her over four years. Yeah. Uh, but especially in this, in this episode where you essentially have her playing like, Hey, here I am four years ago. And now here I am completely hollowed out and gutted as a human being mm-hmm. from, from cancer and everything I've been through and, and to be able to pull all of that off. And then of course, you know, her final moments with, with Adama and, uh, Oh yeah. Jeez. The whole thing is just uh, her. Her and Eddie were just masterful, mm-hmm. just masterful. She got Sherman to cry or or to start crying a little bit. Oh my gosh, that's such a great! And, and, and they still managed to have humor. <laughs> you see, it's your in, patient. In <laughs> and he like walks off, and he's probably like bawling his eyes out as he's doing it. <laughs> oh my gosh, like you know, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> don't, don't you'll ruin it. Just light up a cigarette and walk away. That's right. Oh that's right. my gosh. And then, but then, he, and then he gives her that kiss on the hand. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. Yep. And then, even in that scene with a uh, with Starbuck getting right up in in Adama's face, Chief is there. Mm-hmm. Chief is right there, and he kind of like after Starbuck just completely goes up one side of Adama down the other. There's this pause, and then Chief's like, "I'll be back in a minute," <laughs> and starts to walk out. <laughs> <laughs> which i'm just like uh, yeah that's about the most chief thing like i'm yeah. not getting in the middle of this yeah. i've i've lived apparently now for thousands of years i don't need this crap yeah yep. <laughs> i don't need to get invi- involved in this in this scrap oh man yeah there's there's so many good little moments here there uh, uh and that's another well. character that that you know kind of has a sad ending to um to, to it well much much sadder if you watch the the absolutely <sighs> god-awful edit on peacock apparently yes good look that, actually which, which, you know which what cut I, the scene you were talking about by the way there there is no starbuck going up one side of adama and down the other because they cut that well, I I can't remember if that was if that was a so I watched on the DVDs. It's the 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 comp the compiled unedited cut of that. Mm-hmm. But I am almost positive that that made it into the air version because on that same DVD they do have like the parts as aired. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even if that wasn't the case, the 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 one that was the the most grievous of them. Uh, definitely made air and peacock saw it in their infinite wisdom to cut it in and that would be the uh the final moment with chief yep 
which if you watch Peacock, you just think he strangles Tori and that's all we ever see of Chief again. And we don't get that moment down on Earth yeah. where he, you know, he essentially says, oh, by the way, I'm just going to go off to and, you know, found the Scottish nation. Basically, um, basically, which I mean, come on. Yeah. But coming into the miniseries and seeing him as this full of life, you know, he, he had, you know, he's he's in love and in all of this and then to see him at the end and 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 I think you know it's not so much just seeing him say goodbye to to the ties but it's it's what they say to each other where you know she you know Ellen asks him like you know you know like what are you going to do and he's just like I just want to get away from people you know <laughs> Cause, yeah because when you think about it leading into daybreak I mean he was betrayed by by uh Boomer um, twice, you know, twice. And then, you know, he had the thing <laughs> that happened with Tori where she was the reason that, you know, Callie died. And so he, you know, I say it's sad because, you know, he, you understand why he's at that point, but it's just, you know, you feel bad for the chief because he's just kind of off on his own now in the Scottish Highlands trying to make, you know, haggis or something like that, you know, but, uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm thinking he, I'm thinking he came up with scotch first. Well, he 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 did frequent Joe's bar and he did run that still in season one. So um, I did, which was a great moment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just comes in and all the all the all the knuckle draggers are trying to make booze yeah. and he just sniffs it and he's like just throws it out like <laughs> like you bunch of morons. And then done. he gives them the directions like I need you to get me this, this and this and this and then I'll show you how to do it. Yep. yep. <laughs> I love that. So it was just kind of a uh, sad, you know, in some ways a sad end to his character, but but understandable because of, uh, you know, just just the 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 betrayals and and you know kind kind of how he ended up there and stuff. But but I will say, you know, I I did find a clip of the of that scene and, and watched it because I I remembered it, but I didn't remember exactly what they said. Uh, just just love the Chiefs' outfit at that point. I mean, he he's in full on champion sweatshirt and, and sweatpants at that point. Like, all right, this is the last day of shooting. I think I'm just gonna wear my <laughs> my, my most relaxing clothes. The sweats, the sweats. Those were his, those were his leisure pants. Oh my gosh! Know? But the great Aaron Douglas, no, his recreation pants. Yes. Oh my gosh! So good. And and then of course we have the the mystery of Starbuck, mm. which is one of those things that you know Battlestar was it was very much like hey we're not going to tie up every single loose string and they didn't there was there and was they def- so, no the one thing i the one thing i would have liked and this is a this is like the one nit to pick i would have loved to have seen bulldog come back as like one of the marines on the on the final storming of the colony that would have been kind of cool yeah you know, you don't even have to point him out. Just like if you if you had just seen him, that would have been awesome. Um, but I think the uh, I completely lost what I was just talking about. What were we talking about before that? Before I went off on on Bulldog, uh, Starbuck. Oh yeah, so Starbuck and and this whole idea of like you know she's an angel of light or whatever. I'm I'm more on board with the fact that I think that that it is you know the the goddess Aurora incarnate. That's mm-hmm. what I I kind of am leaning towards now. Um, yep. or maybe just an angel of light. I don't know, but I, you know, as <laughs> it kind of made sense to me in a way, Yeah, it really yeah. did kind of make sense to me in a way, the way it, you know, on like probably my fifth viewing of that episode at this point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just the entire, the entire thing was, was just 
beautifully done. I think the one the one nitpick I would have is I the the ending kind of montage of all the you know AI and all that stuff felt a little a little ham fisted, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to be that upset after you've just managed to see that entire episode. Like you, yeah. you're like okay, yeah. I kind of get it. Yeah. You know, all this has happened before, and I'll, it'll all happen again. I kind of get it. So I, I was, I was willing to look past, you know, a little bit of like, eh, okay. <laughs> of course, living in the world that we live in now and having said what I said about, you know, it's just amazing. Someone hasn't screwed it up. Yeah. It kind of does make sense where you're just like, yep, we are totally going to screw us. We're going to screw it all up and we will be the agents of our own destruction. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. May I have another? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But oh my gosh, what what great television, what great shows. And uh, it's one of those things where I don't think, I don't know that you're going to get something that monumental until there's like a next quantum leap into not, you know, not quantum leap specifically, because I mean, we have to make that specific because, you know, Dean Stockwell was in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're until we have something like that next big jump in something. Uh, because it really did it. This was a show that changed the way television kind of happened. Yeah. Um, and now with streaming, it, it, it isn't the same. Yeah. You know, because yeah. now you can now it's not as much of a fear of having like over 10, 12 episodes and having a gigantic arc because, hey, if someone wants to, they can sit there and, you know, they can watch all of them at once and it totally makes sense. You don't have to worry about the whole thing. Well, what if someone misses an episode? Then they're not going to know what's going on, you know? Yep. Uh, now it's like you can just go back and rewatch it and you'll figure it out. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but I think we need to raise a seltzer. Ah, uh, yes. To I think episodes. I've got like. To the BSG miniseries and to the BSG Daybreak finale. Uh, all pieces of art, all pieces of work, and uh, just uh, we toast you. Yeah, yeah. And 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 before we go into in another thing, just one little nugget I'll just drop, and then we'll move on. I did what, see is this a on one Twitter way, today. Is this a one way trip? Nope. <laughs> I did see on Twitter today someone involved uh-huh. with the Picard series. Uh, congratulating and welcoming one James Callis, who apparently is going to have an appearance in Picard this season. Oh, season two? Yes. Really? Yes. I am all in favor. <laughs> the more more James Callis I can get in my life, the happier I am, really. Uh, love it. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk about uh, Picard here at some point, and then we've already gotten. We know there's another, a third season because we've already realized that like they're getting the band back together mm-hmm. for season three. So, you know, well, but we'll have to. I I have thoughts. Well, we will have to explore said thoughts in a future episode. Yes, indeed. And another thing. So what do you got for and another thing this week, sir? Uh, so over the weekend, we uh, hit the local movie theater and uh, saw the uh, Oscar award winning best picture uh, uh, winner from this year, uh, Coda, um, which is the story of uh, actually I have the Wikipedia page here, but didn't have it open because I'm not prepared. Um, well, that's handy. But hey, 
basically the story of a, a teenage girl who is the only hearing member of uh, a family where uh, the other three members, her parents and her older brother are all deaf. Uh, and basically um, looking at the story of, of their family and her journey toward uh, you know, realizing her love of music and singing and, and trying to, you know, uh, start to realize, you know, her journey outside of, of being the translator for the family. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal movie, just a phenomenal movie. Um, Hmm. very funny, very, very funny, Uh, you know, great drama, great, just moments got a little dusty in the theater. I'll just say that. Um, but uh, if you have an opportunity to see this movie, uh, do do it. It is, uh, you know, it, it rightfully deserved Best Picture and, uh, and, and just a, a very heartwarming uh, story, a joyful story, um, you, you know, just and, and gives you a peek in, in, into the challenges, you know, that, that uh, you know, that, that folks who are deaf have, um, but, but, you know, mostly, you know, looking at that family dynamic and, and just how, how that kind of worked and, and, or works. And so, uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was just such a well done movie. Uh, so do check it out. Coda still in theaters and a Oscar award winning film. Very nice. How about you? Well, sir? for me, I've actually got a, I've got like one and a half. Uh, so the first one will be a brief mention because I, you, you, sir, uh, once again, just demonstrating how how much better, uh, how much more elevated your tastes are than my own. <laughs> um, some would call you bougie. Um, oh boy, I I would not, at least not to your face. Oh, thank you. Uh, However, I just wanted to point out that uh, me and the family, we did take in the theater. Very nice. Uh, this past weekend. Um, and I would I would plug that as my only thing here. But uh, the fact is, I believe this production is, is over. It might be over now or it's going to be over very shortly. So by the time this actually goes out, ain't nobody going to go be able to go see it anyways. Uh, but we went and saw uh, my daughter's uh, high school has a, a great theater program. Oh, my gosh. And they did Fiddler on the Roof. Nice. Freaking amazing. I've never seen the musical before. I've heard it referenced a billion times, um, but I never seen it before. And it was great. The, the the kids who were in it were fantastic. It was amazing. Some of these these kids, uh, their performance and the way they got in the characters, the sets were great. Music was great. The whole deal. Fan freaking tastic. And it is it was the one thing I was curious about, because, I mean, you're dealing with like a, 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 a Jewish community mm. at the turn of the 20th century. And I'm I'm listening to it and I'm like, this is where me listening to so much Jackie Mason growing up has helped because I feel like I'm actually getting some of the humor a lot better than I would be. Uh, I'm, I'm getting it on a higher level because I've, I've got that kind of background. I'm like, I wonder how much the, they had to really like explain to kids, you know, in terms of like the humor and the culture and all that in order for them to kind of really wrap themselves into the characters. Yeah. Cause I'm like, it was it, but it was it was amazingly good. Uh, so that was a fun time on Friday. However, nice. my my and another thing that is for wider distribution <laughs> is because it doesn't depend on you being in Southern Maine um, and going to a, a high school uh, drama production would be uh, a lot of the Marvel stuff now is making its way onto the Disney Plus because uh, contracts are expiring and and Marvel and Disney are getting their properties back. 
Um, so uh, we've, my daughter and I have started working our way through some of that. And uh, one of the properties that we've gotten into is uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, very timely. I think it's uh, like 10 years old at this point. <laughs> Very but nice. oh, a lot of fun uh, starring uh, Mr. Clark Gregg as uh, Agent Coulson. And of course, I completely forgot Ming-Na Wen is, uh, plays a very prominent role in this show as well. Nice. Uh, so uh, really, I mean, of course, it's not it's not like watching the Avengers, uh, but it's it's a it's a pretty good show. And I we're I think we're approaching the end of season one. And it's it, it, it takes a few episodes to kind of find its feet. But uh, once you get into like the fifth or sixth episode, it really starts kind of rolling. Um, and I, I can't remember how many seasons there are, but it's it's giving us something to kind of keep up on here in between Marvel movies and, and other things happening. So oh, very nice. Uh, until the next episode of Moon Knight comes out, that gives us something to to kind of bond over and watch. Sweet. <laughs> so it's it's been kind of cool, and it's a it's a lot of fun. So I would recommend uh, folks kind of digging into the the classics on the plus and uh, getting themselves uh, some some little tidbits filled in here and there in between uh, movies here in the Marvel universe. Very cool. Very cool. Well, sir, I believe we have reached that time. Ladies and gentlemen, ah. members of the Free Range EDC congregation, about time for us to wrap this sucker up here on episode one double zero. My God, did anybody think that it would make it this far? I mean, I know that we don't have to get renewed by anybody, but I figured we would have somehow still gotten canceled. Mm-hmm. I, I figured there'd been a rock through the window with a note attached to it, like just stop please in the name of all that's holy but apparently not (laughs) who knew who knew you know one of those times when apathy actually pays off so thank you to all of our listeners we do so appreciate you uh you are well i'd say you're the reason that we're doing this but quite honestly we jibber jabber whether anyone's listening or not so but we do appreciate having an audience because really it gives us a it gives us a nice sense of accomplishment that we're we're making our mark on the world. I mean, granted, it's basically like an acne scar from your teenage years, but it's a mark, kinda. <laughs> uh, so uh, if you if you have not yet joined the Free Range EDC congregation, if you have not yet subscribed, well, you know what? You ought to remedy that. You ought to go to freerangeedc.com. And you can subscribe there. You can go right in through the Podbean app, or you can actually download all the individual episodes and and load them up into the player of your choice. If you like to do things the hard way, I I certainly do. So go right ahead if you want to do that. Uh, If you have a podcast purveyor of your choice, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, many others. Find us there and make sure you subscribe. Get all the episodes. You might want to just, you know, Go to the first couple at like 1.5 speed. I'm just going to, maybe it'll perk it up a little bit. I don't know. Maybe you just want to down a couple shots. Whatever works for you. I'm not here to give you methods. Uh, but make sure you download them all. And if you don't find us on the podcast purveyor of your choice, I want you to email Tim at freerangeadc.com and he'll let me know about it and we'll see if we can get that hooked up for you. If you would like to further further your bona fides in the free range EDC congregation be sure to follow us on the social medias we love us some us so find us on the twitter we are on the facebook we are on the instagram all of those are at free range EDC. and by the way that handy dandy uh, email address that i just gave you a moment ago tim at free range will allow you to talk directly 
to the man they call Tim. Correctamundo. We we do not have a confessional booth uh, here at the Free Range EDC congregation. You can go right to the man, which would be the man they call Tim. That's why it's the anyways. Uh, so you can co- send any thoughts, questions, concerns, any ideas for shows, uh, complaints. Sure. Why not? I'm not reading them. So send them right to Tim and he'll get back to you forthwith PDQ, if not sooner. And so now we have come to that blessed time of the show mm-hmm. when finally, after approximately seven and a half hours <laughs> of me flapping my gums, I finally shut up. I'm just pausing so that everybody can cheer. Uh, but uh, before we do that, uh, there is there is one last bit of business that I have to take care of because we like to be informational. We we have we have we're you know we're we're curious lads, so we we always like to review and and to kind of to to further our knowledge. So mm-hmm. I like to always finish the show by asking the second most important question ever asked in human history. The first, of course, being what is hip. The second being, what the hell did we learn this episode? We've learned the following. We have learned that Uncle Todd loves the Star Wars Red 5. He is ready for it next week. He will be prepared. All right, hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You cut out there. I did? Yeah. It was you were just gone. I'm like, well, hell, he dro- he dropped at this point in the show. That's going to be great for the 100th episode. <laughs> like we just cut the episode off there and that's it. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and start whatever you just said over again now that we're back. All right. Well, uh, we have learned the following. Alrighty. Uh, Uncle Todd, he loves himself the Star Wars Red 5. He will be ready to go next week as we reintroduce it after a three-week hiatus. Lies, all lies. We also have learned Uncle Todd loves that fantasy football. It'll be coming back in the fall, as will our segment. And he will be happy. We've also learned that Uncle Todd loves the Cleveland Browns. Oh, my. Are we just just lying to the people? (laughs) I rebuke thee. (laughs) Oh, there we go. In the name of Brother Love. It took 100 episodes, and we finally got our first free-range ADC rebuke. So... (laughs) I rebuke thee in the name of Mark Calloway. Um, no, that's actually no, wait, wait, wait. Mark Calloway, Calloway Golf Balls, and James Callis. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, and finally, if if you couldn't tell, we are uh, huge, huge fans of BSG miniseries, Daybreak, the whole series. If, if you listen to us this long and you haven't checked it out, please do so. It is it is top notch entertainment quality and well done. You could have actually going. watched both of them in the time that it took you to listen to this episode. Indeed, <laughs> perfect bookends <laughs> to a phenomenal series. A little bit of art, if you will. And finally, we've also learned Uncle Todd is cultured because he finally made his way to the theater for the first time in the three years we've been doing uh, Free Range Idiocy. So well done, sir. Very proud of you. Yeah, I, the only, my only regret is I didn't have a monocle or any opera glasses. <laughs> gotta get those, my friend. You gotta gotta look the part if you're gonna go do that. If you're gonna go to the if you're gonna go to the theater, you should at least look like have the decency to show up and look like Mr. Peanut. That's how I exactly. that's what I feel. Or the Monopoly guy, one or the other. Yes, true. And with that being said, as Uncle Todd has expressed, and I will express as well, as we sit here at the century mark. 
in terms of number of episodes, uh, we thank you. We thank you for the downloads. We thank you for the listenership. We thank you for putting up with our ramblings and our tomfoolery, as, as Uncle Todd said at the top of the hour here, top of the show. Uh, but to wrap up, as we like to close things out, be safe, be healthy, be kind to one another. And because, as I said, it is the Century episode and, and Uncle Todd is tired, as am I, please, with somebody, just for the love of God, would you hit the lights on the way out? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. You are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. Yep, because I can't hit him from the floor. <laughs> I can't hit him when I'm laying on the couch. <laughs> Tad. <laughs> Why would anyone put a couch on a porch? <laughs> now get the hell out of here! <laughs> <laughs>